This is the Neptune Now podcast, where we shine a spotlight on our incredible Neptune Game Time partners. They are leaders, they are trailblazers, and they are inspirational to so many people around them. It's time for the Neptune Now podcast. For 16 years now, Dr. Scott Crawford has been leading the Kansas Collegiate Athletic Conference, an NAIA conference that now has 14 member institutions in Kansas, Nebraska, Missouri, and Oklahoma. Even though most of the schools in the KCAC are smaller, Dr. Crawford was committed from the very beginning to give student-athletes and their families a first-rate experience at every opportunity. So he and his team have focused on technology and the use of social media in a big way, and they have gotten great results. I'm Eric Jantra, and our guest on this episode of the Neptune Now podcast is Dr. Scott Crawford. So let's get started. And now we welcome into the Neptune Now podcast, Dr. Scott Crawford, who is the commissioner of the Kansas Collegiate Athletic Conference. Dr. Crawford, first of all, thank you uh, for taking some time to visit with us here on the uh, podcast. Absolutely, Eric. Always enjoy catching up with you and and talking a little bit about uh, Neptune and game time and all the other things you guys do. You know, I met Dr. Crawford early on um, when when we had just started the company and just launched Neptune Game Time back in 2012 or 2013. And you and the KCAC um, really embraced and worked with us almost from day one. And so I, I will always be appreciative for uh, those uh, those folks who took a chance on us early on. And you were one of the folks that did that. So thank you for the, for that. It's been a great product. Uh, I, I wish we could utilize it better as a conference. I, I'd like to see more of my schools utilize the product. The ability to make sure you have clean music, uh, it means more to me today than ever before with uh, what's going on in our country. And just to, to eliminate some of that nonsense is a, is a good thing. Let's talk about your career. Um, you know, w- we talked to a lot of different folks who are athletic directors. We we recently visited with Mike Hall of the Southern States Athletic Conference, who's the commissioner there. And everybody has their own path to get to where they're at. Um, yours was not like some in that it didn't involve uh, becoming a coach for a long period of time and then an athletic director or something like that. You knew, it looks like, you really knew you wanted to get into sports administration, and that was purposely the path you took, wasn't it? Well, I yeah, I, I have a different pathway. I, I worked in I, – I was a high school basketball coach for a number of years. I worked intramurals at both Brigham Young University and the University of Utah and understood organized sport uh, in that regard. Um, <clears throat> when I was at the University of Louisville in my master's and Ph.D. programs, for my master's degree, I did my internship with an NAI conference, the Mid-South Conference, ended up working there for almost three years. And during that time, it really it really sunk in that uh, this was a, a line of work that I would enjoy doing. That I was that I had some I had some skill sets that made sense there. And so uh, I was very fortunate to be the commissioner for the KIAC, now the River States Conference, for about two years. And then the opportunity here with the Kansas Collegiate Athletic Conference opened up in two thousand seven. 
and uh, I'm completing year 16, uh, season 16. Uh, this I, I've already done that. Actually, we're we're basically done except for the NAI National Track and Field Meet. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I I'm a Kansas native, as you know, and and grew up, and so the, the fact that we get to work with the Kansas Collegiate, and we do have a lot of our game time partners that are uh, KCAC members as well, um, always fun to me because so many of your members um, in in the Kansas and the Midwest, there it's. There's schools that I grew up watching and having friends play at and and be at and and it's just so much fun. I feel every time every time I see something from the KCAC, it's like old home week for me. You have a lot of great institutions that are part of your organization that have great histories, don't you? So we we were initially were ten schools uh, when I came on in 2007. Uh, the the Kansas Conference, uh, I mean that that is synonymous with this with this state. Uh, we have expanded, um, as you were alluding to. We are more of a Midwestern conference now. We have um, our newest member, Evangel University in Springfield, Missouri, joins us uh, this fall. But we also have York University up in Nebraska, Avila University up in the Kansas City, Missouri side, and then Oklahoma Wesleyan University in Bartlesville. Uh, the evolution of these schools, um, they where they are today, what they've done with their athletic programs, what they're doing with their their academic programs, it's been just a treat to watch them grow and develop as it, and to be see to see them as robust you know robust vibrant schools. They're very small schools, you know, in, in the range of six hundred to about two thousand students. Uh, it it varies in terms of student athletes how many they have, but uh, the the student athlete is part of the lifeblood of each of these fourteen institutions. Mm-hmm. I, I have. Um so many family members and so many friends. I'm look. I'm looking at the roster now. Uh, so many family members and so many friends. I'm looking at that and like, yep, yeah, cousin Julie went there. Yep, yeah, my cousin went there. And, and there's just so many because I'm from there. But so many great schools that have got great histories, uh, not just in athletics but in academics as well. There really are uh, great generational institutions there, aren't they? Absolutely. And now the, the evolution of this conference is now these, you know, we're 14 fi- uh, private faith-based institutions, but to your alma mater at Fort Hayes and, you know, there were several schools that belonged to the KCAC um, from its inception. Um, and, uh, you know, every, every school goes through a bit of a, a change, a missional, you know, we identif- identification. And so these schools that are now in the MIAA, the Fort Hayes, the Emporia's, Etc. You know they um, they're doing fantastic as well, and and I like to tell people that uh, I don't know if people really appreciate the greatness of athletics and education here in Kansas and here in this in this region. When you have the presence of the Big Twelve, the MIAA, probably the premier Division Two conference, you have us and other NAI schools that are all doing very very well, and then you have the probably among the very best junior college conferences in the country as well. And so it's a super competitive market. And uh, I'm just glad to, that we're able to make some things happen, that uh, we're able to attract the right kids for the KCAC schools. Yeah. You know, when I was growing up, I grew up very close to Independence, Independence Community College, which was a basketball powerhouse at that time. Um, of course, there were football powerhouses at the community college level. Uh, when I went to Fort Hay State, um, back in the Stone Age, it was an NAIA member, as you already alluded to, but just so much great athletic history 
at all of the levels you just talked about at uh, junior college, at community college, at NAIA, at NCAA, all levels of NCAA, it really is. And I, I don't know that people really stop and think about just how amazing the athletics is there in the middle of America, in Kansas. Well, it's a great metaphor for me, and I, I like to tell people I'm sort of vanilla. I'm tapioca. I'm not. I'm not super exciting, you know. But uh, my my persona, my way of doing things is consistency, showing up every day, putting on my you know putting on the hard hat and the lunch pail, and just getting to work. And, and that's the story of the Midwest. That's the story of most success in this country. And I think that's why the KCAC schools are as successful as they are. Is that's the way that their presidents, their you know their their administrative team, their athletic department personnel. That's just how they approach things. And it's let's get after it. Let's be consistent. Let's do our very best. And uh, doing that allows the mission to happen. Uh, I met you. You were about five years in, maybe six years in to uh, your. Um being the commissioner of the KCAC when we met, um, what's been the biggest change? 16 years now that you've been at the helm, what's been the biggest change that you've seen as commissioner of the KCAC during that time? That's a tough question, Eric. Uh, three. I, I'm going to quickly talk about three things. One, just the growth of membership uh, from 10 to 14. And when the NAI about seven, eight years ago allowed us to do per sport members, we also have about 10 per sport member schools that compete in a number of sports like swimming and diving, women's wrestling. Um, the number of sports, we went from 14 sports in 2007 to where we sponsor 30 sports. Uh, that's just crazy. Uh, it, it's, it's absolutely crazy. And then I think probably the, the, this the thing that's had the biggest impact was our sort of a joint effort, our combined effort to embrace social media and to embrace doing video streaming. Those two things, the KCAC, our membership, they have been on board with that now for well over 10 years with doing the video streaming of, of live contests. And we've gone through a number of, of ways of doing that. But our platform now is as good as it's ever been. And we can connect with anybody who has an internet uh, connection and can watch those games and see the level, the impactfulness of, of the competition that we're offering here in the KCAC. When you and I first met, that was uh, one of the things that so impressed me was that you were really, you were all in on uh, social media and technology and streaming and things like that. Uh, we were a little ahead of the curve, maybe yeah, at that time. Uh, took a little, a few more years to get everything to where it is now. But boy, you guys, you really do a great job. And, and you know what's so great about that to me is that when I was a kid, and when I went off to college to to play sports at Highland Community College, my parents were four or five hours away. They didn't get to see any of those games ever. They didn't. That just didn't happen. And the that is, I think, one of the best things now is that parents and grandparents and family members can really see. They can still be really involved with it. That's just been a really neat thing, which really hasn't been the case for that long. It's just really been the last five, six, seven years that that's really become a big thing. Yeah, I think people expect it. They almost demand it. It's it's one of those things that uh, if you're not doing it, you're really missing out on the opportunity to connect with people. I mean, just very quickly, we have a we've had a very interesting experience this whole this past year. Uh, Rohit, our good friend from a group called Sandy Bay Media, he's down in Australia, and his interest is women's sports. 
And we've partnered with Rohit. Uh, and it's, it's weird because he's interviewing people his time at 2 o'clock in the morning. You know, he's talking to KCAC women's soccer coaches, women's student athletes from flag football, basketball, etc. And, you know, to think that we would connect with somebody down in Melbourne, Australia, who, who you know, really understands our mission and our values. Um, it's just been a real treat this past year to see Rohit do some of these things. And, and that wouldn't be happening if we didn't have that video platform. Mm-hmm. So you've been there six, just wrapping up, as you said, uh, year number 16. While your your professional career has been doing that, your your family has also grown up. And you and I were talking before we went on together that it's been kind of fun for us to watch our our respective families grow up. And when you're involved in a business like I am, when you're involved as the commissioner of the Kansas Collegiate Athletic Conference, your family's involved with you along the way, aren't they as well? Uh, there's there's no doubt. And uh, if I didn't have the the great partner in Shelly um, and her understanding. And my, my wife's an amazing middle school math teacher. Our three kids, um, I wish they were a little more interested in maybe going with dad on a road trip. Uh, that would include my wife as well. They're not really interested in that, but they're very supportive of me doing that. And I'll, and I'll just say, Eric, you know, it's been fun watching, but I've also just been intrigued about your barbecue story. I mean, you just always are <laughs> posting stuff about the most interesting barbecue places. You and, uh, and Pete Manili, the head athletic trainer over at Sterling College, if you guys don't know each other, you need to because you both are um, – some of the most interesting barbecue people I've ever met in my entire life. Well, I need to, I do not know him, but it is now on my list to make that happen because anybody else that shares my love of barbecue, what I love about it is all over the country. Everywhere I go, I get barbecue to try it out locally and see what it's like. In fact, I'm going to be up in Kansas eating Kansas barbecue in just a couple of days from now. So that's going to be, that's going to be a lot of fun. What do you think the future of college athletics looks like um, in the NAIA, uh, in the KCAC, and just in general? There's so much that's happened over the last few years with the transfer portal, with with NIL, with just all the different things that are happening. What do you think that the future of college athletics looks like? So I think the trend right now is putting more power in the hand of the student athlete to, to determine their journey. Uh, we still, I don't think we can just turn it over to them. I don't know if we can just hand over the reins directly. I, I think there's there still needs to be a guided experience between family, student athlete, institution, conference, and athletic association to really ensure that they have the most safe and, uh, and, and enjoyable experience, you know. So we still are going to, I mean, at this point in time, the NAI has made some changes to our transfer rules, but our conference is still going to stand by with our, our intra-conference transfer policy and our letter of intent policy. It's a mixed bag right now. My, you know, I have 20 or so colleagues within the association at the conference level, and uh, there's about three or four different ways of, of doing that. And I wish we could be more cohesive as a group of com- as, as, as 20 or so conferences, but that just isn't the case. And that probably isn't the case at any level, to be honest with you, Eric. But th- that, that trend is making sure that the student athlete makes good decisions about the initial institution. Um, and hopefully that the coach and the institution are returning you know, that, um, that experience back to that student athlete, uh, that young man, that young woman, and, and, and the impact it has on them, their future, and their family. Uh, that's that's a, a paramount concern from my point of view. And, and uh, you know, whether it's NIL, which really has a, 
uh, a lot, a long way to be understood, you know, and it's, I think we're seeing it be, uh, abused at the division one level. Um, but I'm also very interested in, in, at least at the small college level where I operate, are there ways to uh, connect with these kids to make college more affordable and to make college, uh, that, you know, a better experience for them? And at least they're, you know, they're getting their laundry and their gas money through some kind of NIL approach. We have a partner, Open Doors, which I think is uh, doing a fantastic job with that. But um, getting that message out is just really more, uh, is more difficult than I would have imagined. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm I'm fascinated by NIL, not at the Division One level because I think it's going to be the ruin of it, as you said a moment ago. But boy, at the smaller college level, it really does seem to open up a lot of doors. You know, if you can if you can figure out ways, as you said, to make school more affordable because. A lot of the kids that are going to schools in the KCAC, they're not there on a full ride scholarship that's paying for everything like they might be at Kansas State. So if we can figure out a way for them to make just a little bit of extra money um, through NIL type deals, that sure seems like it'd be a great idea. Well, the the danger is that these consortium that have these consortia that are building these NIL groupings for, you know, these seven figure deals for these college student athletes. I don't know. Maybe I'm completely off base here, Eric. But I, my understanding of NIL was never to professionalize the collegiate athlete. It was to compensate the the, the student athlete and be able to ad- address, you know, being par- being paid fairly for what they're doing, you know, that kind of thing. And what's what's happening is we are professionalizing the student athlete at the highest levels and, and maybe others, that's the way they wanted it to be done. I didn't, I didn't see that as the, uh, the, as the way forward. But, um, you know, I think whenever you have a, when you, whenever you open Pandora's box, you better be prepared for the variety of approaches that people are going to, uh, determine to use. So. Yeah. I, I remember um, seeing one of the um, 30 for 30s on ESPN where the Fab Four from Michigan, uh, they were talking about, and Chris Weber was saying they were walking down a street uh, near the University of Michigan, and they saw their jerseys hanging in the window of a sporting goods store, and they could not afford to buy the jerseys with their names on them. NIL was supposed to allow that kind of thing to happen. And now they're many of them are making so much money they could buy the store yeah. <laughs> where the, where those jerseys are being hung and it does feel like it went way too far way too fast. Yeah, one hundred percent. And and you know and I don't I don't I mean I won't even begin to say that I understand, but you know the you know the word on the street was that Bryce Young had a seven figure uh, NIL deal before he even threw a pass for Alabama. You know. Well, what happens if he never throws a pass, you know, and what are, what are the conditions there and, you know, that kind of thing. And so that's, it's really a very slippery slope that, uh, that I hope our, our, our federal government and our state legislatures start to really figure this out. I'm not a, I'm not a pro, like I, I'm not, I don't like a lot of legislation, but I think there has to be some regulation of this, uh, that's, that's consistent from state to state. And right now it's all over the place.
When you are, uh, you just mentioned uh, um, government uh, and involvement there, and that reminded me of something to you that I wanted to ask earlier. I've been so impressed with you over the years that you're a very busy guy being the commissioner of a conference with 10, 12, 14 members and all the sports and all the championships, but you have a real commitment to your community as well. I've been very impressed with that. You served on the school board at the, of the Mays uh, uh, schools there in Kansas. How important was that to you at the time and today uh, to continue to be involved in your community? Education is the single most important thing our kids need, and uh, it's the thing that changes their lives. And uh, I get pretty emotional about this, but um, you know, we talk to our kids when they were growing up. If you can learn to read, you can learn to learn. You can learn anything. And so, yes, um, you know, my doctorate is in educational administration. Um, I I chose not to, you know, become like a school superintendent. And I had some aspirations of maybe becoming a college president. Um, what ultimately, I've loved sports and, and, and love being involved in this, but uh, I thoroughly enjoyed my time on the school board. Um, my wife wanted to return to the classroom, and uh, for me to continue in that direction, I couldn't do that. Uh, I wanted to honor my wife's desire to get back into the classroom, and uh, we did that during COVID. It was probably one of the craziest things the Crawford family has ever done. But I'm so proud of my wife. And I'm so proud of my kids. Uh, I love the May School District. Um, it's one of the, the finest school districts in the state of Kansas. And uh, I'm, I serve on a number of other com- uh, committees now, helping out with special education, uh, you know, that kind of thing. I, I try to go to PTO meetings and site council meetings just to make sure that I understand the experience my kids are going through and how I can put, you know, potentially contribute. Uh, my kids play sports, they play in the band, they play, you know, they do it with my daughters in theater. And I just want to make sure that my kids get a great, well-rounded experience. Yeah. You mentioned May's uh, schools there. Uh, they are great game time partners as well. Uh, we of course have a uh, high school, lots and lots of high school partners there in Kansas that use us. And by the way, uh, again, thank you to you and the KCAC for your uh, partnership with, uh, with game time over the years. We're doing some uh, uh, new things here recently with our, our navigate uh, student athlete uh, product as well. Uh, we the, the success we've had and the growth we've had have been um, thanks to a lot of people like you early on who uh, took a flyer on us and worked with us. And so thank you so much for, for that uh, partnership. 100% uh, agree with everything you said. And I'm, I'm hopeful that I can get my schools to be more motivated purchasers of your cheer and dance products and, and that kind of thing. My long-term goal for us is a hundred percent commitment to to game time and Nep- Neptune and and the, what you know this reduces the chance of any of those just those bad experiences. Our reputation is so easily swayed in today's in today's media, and when you have a, a you know a bad experience with music at a at a basketball game or something like that, it's really hard to recover from that. And so I think your your service does a great job of of protecting. Uh, both sides, both the the participant and the listener um, in those experiences. So uh, my hat's off to you for what a great product, uh, Game Time and Neptune, all those things that are under your uh, your umbrella. Thank you. You bet. Thank you again, Dr. Crawford. Appreciate you being with us here today. I really do appreciate your time. Appreciate the opportunity. Thanks again to Dr. Scott Crawford for joining us on this episode of the Neptune Now podcast. Our producer is Ryan Huddle, audio engineering and music provided by Caleb Muncher. 
Contributors include Kinsey Featherston, Cade Lowen, and Drew Rourke. I'm Eric Jantra. Thanks for joining us, and we'll be back again soon with another episode of the Neptune Now podcast.